Svenska Graffare pod, pod, Podcast. Kings and Toys, welcome to Svenska Graffare Podcast. Uh, in translation, being something like Swedish Graffers Podcast. And as that name implies, we uh, primarily deal with uh, phenomenons uh, connected to Swedish graffiti exclusively. Uh, but now and again, uh, we drift away outside that uh, format. Uh, for example, you could scroll back to episode 27, where we did uh, a panel talk about Banksy uh, street art and public spaces. Uh, and this time around... Um, we uh, wanted to uh, point your attention to a film called New Dictators, Archaeology of Helsinki Graffiti. Um, we were fortunate enough to uh, have the filmmaker over to southern Sweden uh, last summer, 2019, and, uh, and uh, uh, do a screening of this uh, picture. And before uh, the screening, we had a chat with the filmmaker, uh, Alexi. Now, uh, our intention was to air that as a, uh, a mini Minnesota uh, podcast uh, back then, but the sound was a bit sketchy. The other day, I had another look at it, and it is still a bit dodgy uh, first 10 minutes or so, so please bear with us. Um, but I decided that uh, since this film is now um, up, to to view online uh, and uh, and you'll have the links in the description how to how to go about that um, I, I thought it would be a good um, point in time to actually air this finally so I'll just hand over to myself <laughs> and Alexi and the little chat we had uh, at the uh, Art Street HBG festival so um, yeah this is it Right, uh, kings and toys, uh, queens and everything in between, have a seat. Welcome to the third uh, screening here at the Art Street uh, HBG Festival. We'll be doing this in English, as you may have figured out, because uh, Alex's Swedish is not up to par and my Finnish sure ain't up to par. So if you don't mind, bear with us. Um, we will be uh, seeing a documentary uh, by the name of uh, New, New Dictators Archaeology of Helsinki Graffiti. Thanks. Uh, but before we do, uh, <clears throat> we have the filmmaker himself in the house, or in the park at least. Um, ladies and gentlemen, welcome Alexi Poyavirta. Give it up. Bro, bro, bro. How you doing? Yeah, really fine. I'm happy to be here. How do you like uh, the little you have seen of the city? <laughs> very, very much so far. It's the old town is very beautiful and a lot of opportunities to paint whatever. Good kebab too, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's good coffee over there with the handsome gentleman. So if you're feeling cold, go grab a cup of coffee. Um, this week, or this series of screenings, uh, started out with us watching Style Wars. And I, I claimed uh, there that uh, that's pretty much how graffiti and hip-hop came to, to Sweden in 90, 
1984. Along with a couple of other things, of course, some records, uh, the Beat Street uh, movie. Um, and I wanted to ask you, you're almost of the correct age. Um, how did hip-hop and graffiti come to, to Finland and to Helsinki? Well, pretty much <coughs> through the media. That there were, the graffiti thing was big in New York. And it was that famous that New York has this kind of thing. So there were articles like 83 in the main newspaper about the phenomena in, in New York. And that phase nobody kind of figured it out that you could do it somewhere else, you know. It's only the New York and special thing in New York. And well, well now we see that it fits into every, every city, but it, it really was brought in to the media and some of the youngsters just started doing it so when all the graffiti started in finland it started kind of with the kind of like regular pioneers around that just some guys just took into it and get hold of the spray paint and started to do it do it because the idea is basically simple that there is stylified your name and but media brought it it wasn't like that somebody was an exchange student or something and and brought the news it kind of like people have to you get the idea and then you figure the rest of yourself and this happened like 83 84 and i think 86 they showed uh beat street the hollywood hollywood hip-hop thing and after that it got really pretty big pretty big cause so Style Wars was never on Finnish TV, and uh, a lot of people in... Oh, you can help me out with the areas, but there's Swedish TV over there, and it aired in on Swedish TV in 84. Do you know if uh, if people caught up on that from Swedish television? Well, it's possi possible. I think there was like bootleg, we had chase copies going around after, the, after that, and we, we have a Swedish television in Finland. I think they showed uh, Beat Street. Could be. Um... What was your first uh, <coughs> meeting with graffiti, if you... Well, I recall it pretty clear. It was like 88, and there was second competition for for championship of graffiti. Really? Yeah, because there was a the lot of like active culture people, and there was a really famous place called Lepakko, meaning Bat, Bat Cave. And this kind of like elder dudes arrange it that this is good thing and they want to super it, so they arrange a competition. And I think the uh, judges were, you know, teachers and you know whoever. And okay. this this came out as uh, you know lighten up the news. In the end of the news, there's a little catch with some positive thing, and they showed okay. the clip from the, and I saw that. And it was impact, like, it was, I can figure this out. The next day I was sketching all the names of my classmates and did, wow. did, did sketches for them. And kind of, I remember my first piece there being a mountain roads background and then just the letters. And of course, no idea of style of, of anything, but the concept is that simple that 11 years old can pick it up. And I was like, this is it, that this is, that's what I want to do, and yeah. that's yeah. where the story started. Yeah, and here you are, 30 years later. <laughs> 30 years later. 
Yeah, you spoke of style and uh, the concept of style. And in Finland, I would say, in graffiti is quite famous for their scaled down simplicity, stuff like that. And do you know, do, do you think that has to do with the Finnish mentality, Finnish design or, or anything like that? Or with the, what do you think it depends on? Yeah, that, that's pretty, pretty good question because we're pretty proud of it and how, how it got started. So one theory is that, that it was just that smart people who got into it and started to develop the style into their own own, own way. And, and the travel, there's traditions of certain crews who started to, you know, who started to develop New York style more further. And I, I cannot say anything else that the early generation peoples were so smart that they could they could develop it themselves. So how it's kind of like how the style style is. It's it's a community thing. It, it, it the style the early days style developed that like the, the ideas were, was common. You know everybody could use them, and if somebody invents something good, everybody else just takes it. So it's you know don't don't claim the style to be yourself. It's kind of we did it together. Uh, well put. Um, another thing that I associate uh, Finland with uh, is the zero tolerance concept that I believe Helsinki was quite early with. And I remember when it was real bad here with the zero tolerance, the politicians who, who were striving in that direction always mentioned Helsinki as a successful example of zero tolerance look at look at Helsinki it's worked over there and you were in the midst of all this I mean do you have anything to say about those days and I'm sure it, it will be portrayed in the movie too but yeah well yeah, yeah there is in the movie about that but they let's say that they put the Helsinki City Council and this is only the Helsinki City Council not the traffic system and there is other communities around it they put in the end 25, 25 million euros to the zero tolerance. What year was this? Like when did this? Well, it's kind of like it started that they started to organize this what the writers call Wandal Squad. That there is a special security for chasing graffiti people, and they showed in the picture like '97 was. They, they, they used to work for the traffic company and then they set up their own company and then they went on to spots online where, where, where you could figure you could find with good luck painters and it took a couple of years for them to learn how, how, how the graffiti painters do, do their thing and how, where it's good to hide and try to catch them and in this point the uh, Bombing and you know Wandal side in the in the beginning of the of the 90s was really big. So you you could really say that the Helsinki. Well, I remember one one Londoner coming to Helsinki and saying that it's it looks like South Bronx. So it was really, really like bombed everywhere, and, and it's just what graffiti writers want to hear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, that's true. But it was there were a lot of pieces and a lot of people doing it, and maybe, maybe this kind of like maybe we did it because you know when we were kids, we were, wasn't that 
you know, the early pieces wasn't that good and you kind of have to learn to how to do it. So bombing got really big, big after the kind of like first hip hop period or the party period. So it, it kind of like everybody, nobody could understand it. You know, there's the scribble all around the town and it, it was kind of like we are reaction, natural reaction to that, that they started to do, do it. But I always wondered <clears throat> when they said that zero tolerance in Helsinki did work. I mean, you you were in the middle of all of this. Did it work? <laughs> well, did it work? Now there is graffiti writers more than ever. You know, like now now the zero tolerance is gone, and the culture is stronger than ever. So they were kind of like ready to put every everybody involved to jail and put them really heavy sentences and fuck up them to be an example for the other people. So these people are still painting. So did it work? Well, one thing I have to admit, they buffed the city. They really managed to get rid of the graffiti and this was the biggest, I think, biggest effect, effect on the culture because you couldn't see it anymore. And then back in the days, the real thing was there out in the, out in the open in the city and who's name big and who's doing the most nicest stuff and stuff like that, but... But there's a good side to that too from a gra graffiti uh, perspective. It's like you get clean surfaces, you, uh, a community that is subjected to such hard challenges, they, they, hard, they strengthen sometimes instead, you know, and to fight the opposition and it develops styles. So we, uh, we saw that happen in Stockholm with people like Nug uh, simplifying his stuff. And I mean, he's a style icon. And I think that's pretty much a result of uh, it being harder to paint. He had four minutes to paint instead of 40. So then yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I, think I find it an interesting question. How the hell are you going to... You have people you want to control and they have a culture. How do how you eradicate the culture from the people? They already you know it, it's part of their identity. How do you take it away of them? There's no way, I don't see any way of doing that, that just putting the people away. Can you do that in so-called democratic society? You, know, you told me earlier on that uh, what was, what was <coughs> initially uh, an uh, uh, offensive against graffiti and it developed into spreading into other types of uh, public expression and, and everyday life for people who weren't graffiti writers and oh yeah 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 of course this yeah the zero tolerance got big and they were thinking that okay we have to get rid of this graffiti thing and they were really ready to go pretty far far with it and uh, they, they were thinking that they are doing a good job now so the control of the public space got that heavy that it started to affect the other people as well, that they wanted to control all the public space in, in city, meaning that you are not allowed to bring loudspeakers in the park or set up your happenings or anything. And, and, and this started to affect other groups as well. And let's say punks and you know stuff, they want to do their own thing. And, and the city wanted to control all the public space. So there was no free space. And the security, you know, going heavy, because all the, all the kind of like professional guys or the guy, people who stuck with the culture, they learned their ways and learned to, learned to avoid the, 
So they didn't, they made, made they catch a lot of people when they started, but then the graffiti people learned to, how to work with them. So they try, they have to have catches to be able to prove to community, to, to the city council that they are doing the job worth of they paying them. So they had to catch somebody. So they start to catch, you know, fucking for anything. And then there is, you know, crazy matters of what the hell are you doing to my kids? And they're just kids and stupid tough stuff they're doing. But you don't have to take them, you know, three days to custody and stuff like. So this kind of like brought a really strong opposition to the zero tolerance. And yeah, I, uh, I really appreciate hearing this because, you know, it's uh, people don't seem to mind when... Uh, certain groups are treated uh, unjustly like in, in, in and, and being uh, subjected to i mean corrupt ways of of uh, governing or or um, law enforcing and and not until as you say it spreads and when it hits closer to home that's when when they react you know first they came for the graffiti writers i didn't say yeah you know that quote or how it goes uh, what would you say instigated the downfall of uh, of this famous zero tolerance in, in uh, Helsinki? Well, I think the biggest thing, because there were people trying to, you know, make it public that, you know, they're doing bad, bad stuff and, you know, illegal stuff, like following people and and do it behind the mask, mask and stuff. You are not allowed to do that in, fin in Finland. As a, you know, normal person, police can do it, but not, not the security. So there was a wasn't there a special case where they caught uh, a happening on camera which uh, yeah yeah and this so so they were pretty rough on the people they catch and they beat up a lot of people in the end and of course you know the authorities didn't believe this that uh, and, and yeah that if you go out with the spray paint and you get your eyes black, you know, it's, they, it, it doesn't sound that bad, but they, they got the videotape where this Wonder Squad beat up a teenager, and that went viral, and that kind of exploded, exploded the whole thing, because that went public, and the mainstream media had to react on this, that what the hell is happening, because it's so clear, you know, the guy is just there, and they just beat him up, you know, it's already catch him, and this was on the video, and this went really big. And then the city council and media, the newspapers and everything found a new angle that maybe it's, it's just that, that, that the graffiti painters are that hard criminals, that maybe we have to check what the security and the other people are doing. Mm -hmm. So that kind of like started the collapse of the... That started the collapse, and after that, the debate got into the public that there's other point of views for uh, public space and how do we, do we want to control all the public space and should it be reasonable that there would be something free to paint and free expression for free expression and well the kind of like I guess it's same here in Sweden that they have to give a democratic impression and backing, backing up this wouldn't go. So so kind of the Wanda Squad security, the zero tolerance 
went too far on this. Mm. And then the community and the council realized that, oh shit, they are doing this kind of stuff, that we, can we pay this for with the tax money, that they are, you know, beating up kids, you know. And yeah. Um, I've heard talk of uh, Finland having a minister of uh, culture, who had a graffiti background, or at least had even a, a Nug uh, painting in his office. Pavo uh, Arimäki, I read from my note. I mean, did, it have, did he have anything to do with the, the lighter tone that f- finally came about? In yeah, yeah, he, he, he had a lot of to do with this, because this thing started as a, a local community. He was a local community polit- politician, like a like r- r- pretty young guy. And this became like his main issue uh, on the thing that public space space. So the opposition of the for the zero tolerance got so strong that he got in the end he got kind of like political political backing up for the other kind of thinking of the city and the use of the city. So I, I think he got his start in the. Opposing the opposing the old school policies, and mm. now he is not in the government at the moment. But he was cultural minister, and of course he did all the checks and how how what minister can do something. You yeah. Know. Okay. Wrapping up the politics and zero tolerance debate or discussion, um, do do you feel uh, do you experience a different in a difference in how? Uh, the man on the street uh, reacts to graffiti and graffiti yeah, culture nowadays. Yeah, funny. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like day and night because because one thing was that they black painted the culture because no nobody didn't the culture didn't have a public voice. Now they now they have uh, uh, and. If they say in the newspaper that these people are, you know, really dangerous, they are like organized crime, yeah. crime guys, you know. Of, so of course you are scared of that kind of thing. It's I, I, this is as simple as how do they present graffiti and graffiti culture? If you present them as a danger, as a threat, of course people are painted, are are you know afraid of it. Mm. But then after that it collapsed and it went public that it's not that simple. Simple, and now the people are happy about it. And now there's the young, younger guys are painting there around the city without permission, because you know now people think that the street art, that the street art is okay and it's nice. You're okay, it's cool, looking good, boys yeah. and girls. Yeah. There, there is you know color on the wall. It's a positive thing, you know. It's just how how you educate the people to read it. It's yeah. it's completely ridiculous. Yeah, I, I hear in in all these things you're saying. I hear a lot of uh, references, or I mean, a mirror scenario almost with uh, with Sweden and the zero tolerance here, based in Stockholm, I suppose. But it was pretty much the same the same thing. Uh, but I think um, we should maybe talk about the film too. Uh, how did you uh, come about or come to the idea to do it? How did it start out, and how was the? When did you well, start yeah, making this film? Yeah, well, well, it was because I was involved with the culture as a kid and in the start of the nineties. And I had I I was fifteen. I decided that I want to make a film one day. That is my dream. It's a lifelong dream. 
And it was kind of clear that of course the issue is graffiti because it was so close to me. And I, I was thinking that it's a good, good story for the film because, you know, there is... There's, you know, sides, goods and, goods and bads and stuff like that. But when I started to work with it, I realized that what's the end of the story, you know? Because the yeah. main character in the film is kind of culture and how it develops. Mm -hmm. So there is no proper ending ending because we don't know how, it, how it's going to end, no. if it's going to end any day. I'm sure it will, uh, uh, but yeah... Um what what was uh, when you got into to to making the film? Like, what was the uh, what's the, the the trouble? The most unexpected trouble or problems you ran into in the process of making it, uh, if any. Whoa! I used to call it my personal mountain of problems, because <laughs> we, we didn't have any support. The film is kind of like home home. It's broadcast level technically, but, but it's homemade. So it, it took almost nine years for me to finish it. So it was so much problems. I remember the cinema photographer being drunk for two weeks when we were about to shoot. And he's like, well, Alex, we got nothing to shoot. And I, you know, I, I'm looking for him, you know, the bar district in Helsinki. Where the hell is this guy? And he's there two o'clock completely freaking drunk and saying that we got nothing to shoot. I was so mad at him. And but it oh. came out. In the end, it got done and uh, it, it, it was completed. Uh, how long ago was it finished? Uh, two, two years ago. We released it. Uh, no, it's almost three years ago. Released it in the end of 2016. And when you say release it, you mean... Uh, I mean, because you cannot find this movie online and watch it anywhere but here tonight. So, and people are asking actually a lot. I, I posted on my uh, Instagram account for people to ask questions to you and everyone just wants to know when, when they can see it online or on DVD or... Well, maybe we, maybe we do it this, um, this... When the winter comes, put it on the, on the net that you pay couple of euros and can, can watch it. Yeah. I've been so afraid of the reaping because most of our audi audience is riders and kind of like used to this stuff so they would reap it like That's immediately. Prejudice. So, well, and I'm, I'm a little bit paranoid about, about, about it and yeah, I, I really, 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 really would like to sell it to sell the rights to show it to the television to get something out of the yeah. work I'm done but that that seems it ain't gonna happen because the well the Finnish broadcast cast company national broadcast company said that uh, between the lines that uh, it will encourage people to do it so they don't want to show what? it. What? <laughs> yeah, Documentary you... about graffiti? Encourage people to write graffiti? No, come yeah, on. well, they show <laughs> a lot of documentaries about gay people, so I don't, I don't, yeah. well, I don't understand their thinking. Oh. I don't mind people being gay, but you know, there's, there's just certain issues they don't want to represent public. That, that there is people uh, who... who get away with doing illegal stuff, they don't want to show it. And of course there is downsides on the film, and my thinking was that, that I have to do big, big, big work on it, that it's not, you know, like the graffiti guys are good and the security are bad. Because it's not that simple, you know. So, so I had to really put a lot of work that the point of view is, you know, 
perspective is wide enough to for the bigger bigger audience and the film I, I really start try to think the film for the wide 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 audience yes that can be problematic if you're biased even even if you're doing a film or a research or whatever and you have a, a background in what you're uh, describing or researching and uh, I mean did you get critique for uh, from anyone from the, these security companies or did they see it did they talk to you and did they um, feel that you were not uh, describing things correctly from their point of view since I mean no. since you have a graffiti they've background been, they've been really quiet on the Finnish media after the collapse of zero tolerance so their policy now is stay quiet because everybody because the biggest really biggest biggest thing was this that the concept of street art came to picture so they already managed to black paint concept of graffiti so but when it arose as street art yeah. so it's kind of like they add <coughs> yeah the con concept is the is the is the thing here here, and now they have now it's positive thing inside yeah. the street art. Yeah, concept. we're here. This is a street art festival, and they were kind enough to have a few graffiti movies screening. Um, but in closing, um, uh, you know any other um, uh, good document on Finnish graffiti? If you want to learn more about the history or maybe current goings on, like is there any book or any YouTube or podcast thing that you can recommend if you want to know more about Finnish graffiti, maybe from after the years that, that your movie describes? Well, that's a hard one. There's one book, really impossible to get grip of, at least here. No, there, there is not much, much stuff. There is some underground stuff you can find on YouTube and Instagram, and maybe you can follow the famous artist and find more artists. Maybe if you, yeah, it's a hard one. Maybe you try to find Finnish graffiti artists you like and try to follow them. Who go public and put it on on viral? That yeah. would be the maybe the thing. Yeah. All right. And we'll end with that. Uh, Alexi, thanks for coming. Uh, anything you want to add before we start rolling this film of yours? Is it is it dark enough? I don't know. You want us to go on for 30 minutes or you're getting bored? <laughs> I can bubble the whole night, but I you know, know they won't be happy yeah, about it. I've hung out with you all day. So I think. Uh, well, one thing. Technician, what do you say? We're good? Mm. Let's roll. This is it. Let's roll. Okay, but if you if Thanks. you want to support the thing, I have some handmade posters. Yeah, beautiful screen printed love, love posters. To, love to self if you have in interest on the thing. Yeah. Thank you a lot. Yeah. Thanks for coming, Alexi. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the show. Thank you, Alexi. That was that. Um, waiting for Alexi to phone me up, actually, to, to add some closing words to this uh, episode. Uh, while we wait, uh, be sure to uh, add us on the platform you're listening to. Uh, like I said, now and again, we will be reaching outside of Sweden and we'll be doing uh, stuff in English f um, for our foreign listeners. Also, uh, 
you might want to follow us on Instagram, uh, where we're called Svenska Graffare, as one word, where we usually post photos uh, that relate to our shows and uh, graffiti news in general concerning Sweden. Uh, perfect timing. Uh, let me answer. Alexi, thanks for calling. Um, I wanted to add a few uh, <coughs> words in closing. Um, first of all, it's been seven months or so since we did that um, screening. Uh, what have you been up to since? Well, we filmed a new film. I've been working on that about... Really? Yeah, about Finnish hobo. It's this older guy, like over 60, and he's the only hobo in Finland. He's been riding the freight trains since 19s and wow. It was interesting summer and now I'm trying to get the funding for the film but you know you know how it is it's difficult so I'm kind of on my own on the thing and maybe we're going to film more this summer so the plan is kind of like open. That sounds super interesting. Like hobos and freight hopping is uh, pretty much a, an American phenomenon but there are a few people have done it in in Europe. And and one guy in Finland, as you say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's the only hobo in 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 here. And wow, that yeah, sounds super cool. Yeah, it was great fun cool. to go go there hopping, and well, we have to, you know, there were a lot of mosquitoes and a lot of waiting, and yeah. So it wasn't that easy in the end. It was pretty hard to catch the right train, and it was yeah. kind of funny that. I kind of thought that I knew pretty much about the trains, but you know, <laughs> when we started to do this, I realized that you have to know so much more of the trains that you get the right train and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. There ain't, ain't, ain't that much wagons you, you know, no. can can hop on and stuff. And yeah, those guys are, are really done with the program as far as freight trains go. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. This 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 guy is like, he's, he used to have first custom made custom-made uh, chopper, I mean self-made chopper bikes, bike in Finland, so they kind of like, they grew really from a different cultural background, more like rock and roll and heavy machinery. Cool, so is uh, is there anything online about this project yet that we can follow? No, 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 no. no okay, uh, where can we follow you uh, in terms of uh, the new Dictators film at least? Uh, well, we I have we have Facebook and and Instagram. Okay, perfect. Fa Facebook, New Dictators, Instagram, New Dictators. Yep, I'll add uh, links in the description to this uh, episode. Uh, also, I want to add the link to the Vimeo page because it's out now, and you can see it for a measly fee of thirty Swedish kroners. That are, it's about three euros maybe four us dollars and that's a very reasonable price uh, i'll add the link in my description to your uh new dictators film too yeah i sent some some promo photos to your yep. email and there there all the links there perfect i'll put them up on our uh, instagram account and on the where people listen to the podcast great well Excellent. um uh, i sent you the uh the the talk we did uh, for you to listen back uh, sound is a bit sketchy but i hope people could bear with us uh, but but uh, did you listen to it and did anything uh, did you feel that uh, there was something you wanted to add to what we spoke of 
Well, I don't know. There's forty, almost 40 minutes stuff. Not at the moment. There's pretty much story about the, how the film got made and a lot of stuff about the zero tolerance. Those kind of like, like the main issues. Yeah, I think we covered it pr- uh, pretty well, and that's why I wanted to air this uh, anyhow. So yeah, yeah, me too. Man, that's perfect. So. Um, When you're done with the next one, uh, the door is always open, uh, even if it's not really graffiti related. Now is it? But you know, <laughs> well, be... there is a couple of riders. We kind of like bumped up to the riders in the yard, and they oh. followed us. So there is there is little. There's one scene where they paint the freight train. Okay, one scene. Hmm. Not sure if it qualifies for my graffiti. So this is kind of like you know, there, there, there is people like how to say it, subcultures of the railways. Mm. There's graffiti writers, hobos, and how do you call it in English? These people who like to watch the trains, like try to get the flicks from of the trains, and you know, they're kind of like uh, old school mm-hmm. train hobby oh, folks. Okay, train spotters. So we got them in the film as well. They were fixing the old school locomotive, and we bumped there and. They mm. give us a ride with the bumpable carriage. What do you call it? It sounds good. Yeah, it's so funny, you know. So funny people, you know. So now there's like bikers, riders, and uh, old school train people. Okay, it sounds super exciting. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to to at least um, at least spread the information about that project when it's out. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see, see what happens with the project. Mm. Like now, I'll be working on my own on it. So. We kind of we'll see how will it grow bigger. Yeah, uh, keep up the good work, Alexi, and uh, thank you for uh, participating in the podcast. I'm very happy to do that. We'll talk more soon. Kitos uh, paljon, man. I'll see you around. Okay, I I send you the voice right away. Yep, perfect. Okay, bye. Okay, good. Uh, for us, for us.